If you're looking to maintain peak brain health, I'd like to introduce you to a cutting-edge new brain support formula from my friends at Thorne, Sinequel. If you're recovering from a head injury or play contact sports, you should pay special attention. Sinequel is formulated with the best research nutrients that support healthy brain structure and cognitive function. Sinequel's active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and help protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Sinequel for Everyday Maintenance and Sinequel Plus which provides higher amounts of certain nutrients for shorter-term post-impact support. For more information and to purchase Sinequel, just go to drhoffman.com thorn. There you'll also find some of my other favorite thorn products. That's drhoffman.com thorn for the essential nutritional brain support formula, Sinequel. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. A belated uh, happy Halloween, because we're recording this on Halloween. You probably listen to it uh, in the aftermath of Halloween. Uh, hopefully, uh, your house won't be too badly egged or TP'd, as we used to uh, call uh-huh. it in the suburbs when we would embark on uh, nocturnal raiding adventures. Yeah, toilet papering houses. You know, actually, I have an arrest record. Mm-hmm. No way! Yeah, I think the statute of limitations has expired on this, and my record has been expunged. But I once was rounded up as part of a gang of kids who were engaged in toilet papering a house. Oh no! And it must have been all of about fourteen. Uh, <laughs> the usual shenanigans for kids, right? Your age. So uh, yeah. it, it did not result in uh, long-term incarceration. Oh, good! Uh, they didn't send you off to juvie, right? And I, <laughs> Still managed to uh, get accepted to an Ivy League college. There you go. And uh, so far, my medical license has not been challenged. But oh, uh, good. Just you know, keep it on the down low. That, You're right. Uh, your you know, previous your rap sheet. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a rap sheet. So uh, yeah, Halloween can be a menacing time, and certainly <laughs> we buy a lot of candy and consume a lot of candy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say, I kept it to a minimum with even though candy in the house, candy in the house alert. You know. Yeah. Bite-sized treats, and uh, I did sample. You know, mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I think on a previous podcast, I did have a Reese's piece, uh-huh. which was Reese's pieces, Nirvana. Oh my gosh! Oh my goodness! It's like so addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't so, just have one. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I wanted to uh, you know perhaps uh, change the theme a little bit uh, here. Uh, and talk about uh, the celebrity disease of the week, in this case, the celebrity death of the week, which was yeah. uh, Matthew Perry. Yeah. Which, uh, for many um, Gen Xers uh, and Millennials, because there, there are a lot of kids who watch Friends, yeah. and they weren't even born when it first came on. True. It, it is a thing, and they almost watch it as kind of like a pacifier. Like yeah. a, a you Because know, there's something that's so kind of relaxing about yeah. watching familiar episodes again and, and again a, and again and a lot of these uh, ep- uh a lot of these series are offered on yeah. the dif- different streaming yeah. uh, uh 
it is to the extent yeah. where I had in my life I've had to undergo one MRI because I had a bum knee and I had to get an MRI. And when you go in the MRI machine, it lasts a long time. It's like twenty minutes. Yeah. And you hear this banging and clanging, and it's claustrophobic. And they said, you know, put on this headset, and there's a screen mm-hmm. uh, that you can watch uh, where we have we only have one offering, which is uh, reruns of. Friends, and this was thought to be like the most relaxing thing that they could offer to someone who uh-huh. was in a kind of a stressful situation. So, I, and I must confess that I was not a big Friends fan because I think it was like a '90s show. Yeah, I think and, so. And in the '90s, I was so preoccupied with my medical training, sure, and my early medical practice. Uh, I'd been, yeah, I already graduated. You were probably from, writing instead of watching any TV. Yeah, so I really, I kind of missed that. That mm-hmm. whole era, but uh, for a lot of people, it's very meaningful. It's like a, a member of their family died because it was it was such a yeah. you know like a, a group thing, and you could identify with different characters in the way that you know little girls right. identified with one of the Beatles. You know, there was always yeah. someone you could identify with. Yeah, and uh, so Matthew Perry uh, died, and it, it was peculiar because he he died of drowning in a hot tub. That's kind of unusual. Yes. He was only 54 years old. Yeah, that's and, young. You know, at first, it, it made me, uh, it reminded me of the death of Jim Morrison of The Doors, mm. who died in a bathtub, oh. but he drowned or he had cardiac arrest, but he had overdosed on drugs. It was clearly uh, a drug-related thing, where he was so drugged out that he kind of sank I, beneath the I think that water. was Whitney Houston, too. That's how they yeah. found her. Yeah, so there's uh, something about uh, that the that, tub is, that is kind of a mode of dying if you're on narcotics. Now, we yeah. know that Matthew Perry had a long history of drug and alcohol uh, yeah. addiction and dependency, and you know, which he wrote about very mm-hmm. extensively. And actually, mm-hmm. he, he made a statement. He says, I, I want to be best remembered not for my role on Friends, but for my role in advocacy for... Uh, drug treatment and drug rehabilitation, hmm. and so he battled with it. He had many relapses. It's unclear if he was under the influence of these medications, you know, of, the, of these yeah. substances. Uh, it may have been that he relapsed, mm-hmm. but then again, he might not, because you know, as I thought about it, uh, there are a lot of things that were going against him. First of all, uh, if you saw the physical appearance of of Matthew Perry uh, in the months before he died. Uh, he looked extraordinarily out of shape, frankly. Yeah, uh, yeah. He looked like the kind of middle-aged man who he might have a heart attack. He looked older than 54, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of an example of accelerated aging under stressful mm-hmm. circumstances and under the influence of substances, how they age you. Uh, he'd also had a, uh, a near-death experience with, I think, a ruptured intestine not oh exactly sure what happened. There was a ruptured appendicitis or ruptured diverticulitis, mm-hmm. but he was put in a medical uh, coma. He, by his own admission, uh, he said that uh, he had cardiac arrest. They resuscitated him. And so there might have been some uh, residual heart damage from that or even brain damage that occurred wow. from that episode that might have made him more prone to a heart attack. Hmm. Now, what happens when you go into hot water? Well, it is a physiologic stress, and you're rapidly, in an effort to cool itself, the body uh, vasodilates. Yes. It's a big change, 
And that's why they say you know, on saunas and in hot tubs, there are always warnings because mm-hmm. this is a country of lawyers. And they say, you know, if you're on, if you're pregnant, if you're on, you know, uh, certain medications, mm-hmm. if you're, uh, you know, have a heart problem, yeah. do not, you know, do this yeah. or, you know, limit your exposure or something. There are warnings. And the reason is that it is a cardiovascular stress. It's a little it bit is. like a, like a stress test. It's also likely, and we're, they're waiting the toxicological evidence because, mm-hmm. you know, when they do a postmortem on someone and they will do an autopsy, they'll also do a tox screen and they'll find out like, you know, was he taking drugs? Is he on, was he on medications? Was he? I understand he was taking some antidepressants, yes. anti-anxieties or a combination of the two. Oftentimes that could be a toxic cocktail. I think Tom Petty died that way. You, you can, it can over sedate you. And there's almost something about that warm water. And he actually, uh, yeah. sort of, extolled the virtue of his hot tub he was very enjoyed it very much mm-hmm. that it was very relaxing yeah well if you're under the influence of sedating medications mm-hmm. multiple medications you can easily sort of sink into a torpor and perhaps fall asleep yeah. uh, and then hence uh, drown uh, it is also possible that you know a lot of these medications impair your heat regulation Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why we're you concerned. You don't cool off well. You don't cool off well. That's why in real hot cells, yeah. older people who don't uh, handle heat very well, mm-hmm. uh, overweight people, yeah. uh, certainly people with diabetes, but also people who are on uh, blood pressure medications, mm-hmm. on uh, antidepressant medications, uh, yeah. diuretics. These are medications that can impair, many medications can impair your... Uh, your response thermostat. to your thermostat, yeah. yeah, and your heat regulation. So, you know, the question is which combination of these risk factors precipitated his death? Mm-hmm. Uh, we may never know, or we may, the tox screen may reveal that there was a proximate cause of his yeah. dying. But, yeah. you know, certainly uh, a cautionary tale because. You know, we remember him as like this youthful, vibrant guy. Mm-hmm. Funny character. And a funny, funny. character. And on uh, show. and then, you know, for a lot of people uh, who grew up with him and or who continue to watch these reruns, he's imbo- that 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 group embodied the twenty somethings. Yeah. You know, the people who were, you Chantle. know, healthy and they had their challenges, psychological problems and you said you didn't watch it because what? Because the, the apartment was what? Uh, it, it was unrealistic that a barista and whatever, that they could afford this West beautiful, huge West Village apartment here <laughs> in New York City. Right. You know. Right. Gosh, we'd all be doing that. Yeah. But, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, there was... It was a little after my time, too. I was okay. more... Uh, what did I watch? I watched The Huxtables and Roseanne... And Roseanne was a big one, and right. the stuff before there, before then, really, actually, but, yeah. Well, it's actually coming to the time in our lives when we're mm-hmm. sort of outliving the people that, you know, yeah. were very meaningful to us as actors and actresses as children. It's just tragic because he was young. He was only 54. Yeah. And his character was so pleasant. I remember that. Yeah. On the show. Yep. It's just terrible to find these things out. Or that's how they pass. So anyway, so that, that's, yeah. I think, a, a bit of a medical perspective on what may have transpired mm-hmm. there. And it's, it's a cautionary tale for people who have medical problems. Exposure to sauna, exposure to hot tubs, 
uh, be you know a little. Add wary to that then. the insult of not hydrating well. Oh, then that too. It. That could that could be potentially yeah, a problem too. Yeah. Push over Compounds the Compounds the problem. Yeah. So, okay, let okay. us get into questions. Uh, questions at drhoffman.net, the, des the destination for questions. And what I notice is interesting is that there are two ways to get questions to me. One is via my radio program where you can call live during the show, but not everybody has access to the show when it's on live. Mm -hmm. um, you can call 877-726-8255, but it's also an option to record because when we're not on the air, there's an answer machine yeah. and you can record a question. Now. If you have a long saga or a detailed comment, that's not going to play well on the program. We're going right. to edit it because the tr we have We're going to edit it program. a lot. <laughs> like a lot. We're going to get to the point. Yeah. But this forum, you know, people can share like this happened, that happened, then this happened, then that. We're not going to go through these excruciating exactly. details sometimes, but it is a longer form mm -hmm. for communicating with me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Use uh, questions at drhoffman.net for you know longer form of questions. But if you want to say like a quick question, like is calcium bad for take are calcium supplements bad for the heart, for example, mm. which is a topic I took up last week. And by the way, there was a big meta analysis. Now, you know, there's this thing where they've been saying don't take too much calcium because it can go into your arteries, mm. and it, and then they did a big meta analysis mm. comprising hundreds of thousands of people and many studies. And they found that there was no signal that taking calcium supplements increased your likelihood of cardiovascular events. Huh. So, okay. so I mean, this is one of those That's things like going to go back and forth. It's controversial. Sure. You know, like like uh, coffee is good, coffee is bad. Coffee is good, coffee is bad. You know, eggs are good, eggs are bad. You know, uh, yeah. it also reveals the limitations of research because, mm -hmm. you know, as was once said, the devil can quote scriptures to his purpose. Mm. And that's sort of sometimes the way studies that are biased and have a preconceived agenda yeah. uh, have confirmation bias, and then they mm -hmm. prove the point that they were setting out to prove. Right. Such as the recent, you know, anti-red meat study, you right. know, which we could go into. Maybe we'll go into in a future broadcast. But it's it's in our newsletter this week. I, yes. I weigh in against the so-called uh, red meat causes diabetes. Yeah. Um, current uh, wave of media reports, mm -hmm. which I think are based on a study that has severe limitations. Absolutely. And the media still went with it without doing any critical yep. thinking on the matter, which you go into uh, in your article. I, I hate to make the analogy, but, you know, they, within minutes of that hospital uh, disaster in Gaza, yeah. There were reports, you know, Israeli rockets destroy hospital 5,000 dead, you know, all over the media. And then they yeah. did a little homework and they said, you know, maybe it wasn't the Israelis. And same thing with the way that some of these studies come out. They have a deadline. Mm -hmm. They want to be the first to publish. Yeah. And so they'll take a press release mm -hmm. that is issued by, in this case, Harvard, which has a pretty good publicity machine. Yeah. And they, you know, this is exciting because, like, if they do a study saying, look, you know, some protein in the, you know, uh, whatever in the uh, ribosomes is, you know, been discovered that has some impact on phosphorylation, that's not going to play in the media. Right. But if they have a study that says a red meat gives you diabetes. Yeah. Man, I'm going to jump on that story. Yeah. yeah, yeah and, yeah. right. So it's the way that research 
validates its stuff. Like mm-hmm. we're relevant. Mm-hmm. We're ma- we're doing research that can literally save your life. And unfortunate that the scientism, rather than true science, continues. Mm-hmm. Like in this Harvard research saying red meat causes diabetes because there it is flawed in so many ways. But again, there is an agenda to be followed and a narrative to follow and bullet points to follow. And it's unfortunate that this is what the public is being fed yep. by their media, by a lot of different media. Anyway, so anyway, but more about your article is uh, should be out now. Yeah, it's going to be of this podcast. Yeah, by the drop of this podcast. Yeah. It will be in people's newsletter. Please subscribe to the newsletter. And it's the kind of thing that's voluntary and free. And, you know, it appears in your uh, email and you don't want to read it like, you know, no harm, no fall. Well, so, you know, you yeah. just you can unsubscribe because you can say, I don't want this anymore. Clogging up my mailbox. Or you can say, look, this article doesn't interest me. I'm oh, but next week. Yeah, maybe that's something that's yeah. going to because we try to, you know, Absolutely. jump around. And if you have an idea for an article that you have a deep desire for me to tackle, mm. uh, I reserve, you know, I reserve right of refusal. Yeah. But, you know, send it to questions at drhoffman.net. And yeah. you might, because I'm... Just like questions for the podcast. Because I'm always looking, I mean, I want to We're meet your things. needs as news yes. consumers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We always want to hear about what's important to you. In addition to what we're compelled to, to talk to yeah. you about, to tell you about. Well, speaking of compelled to, Robert has has a question. Uh, Dear agent of Dr. Hoffman, please remind me of the <laughs> promo code of an immune system booster uh, sold by the Harmony companies discussed on the more, the Sunday morning program. Well, let me ask my agent. Irving, <laughs> Irving, Irving, come over here. What was that thing that I mentioned on the program? I don't remember anymore because... Uh-huh. It was it was in power, in power, in power. I M M P O W E R, and I always like to keep my agent, you know, room. Mm-hmm. and because uh, we, I, I have a staff of hundreds of people, uh-huh. um, and <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Irving. <laughs> okay, Robert, there he's you also, go. It's he's in also power. My, Irving's also my attorney. Oh, so I that, see. You know, I don't get in trouble. It's like oh, I say something, good. That, you know, very good. Right. Where's a couple of hats in here? Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Robert, there you go. It's empower. Ah, we've got a question from Faye. I've been dealing with dizziness for years. I've gone to doctors from ENT to PT to neurologists, you name it. I read an article in the paper focused on vestibular migraine mm-hmm. as a cause, and the recommendation yep. was to use supplements. What supplements do you recommend? Well, okay, so let's talk about vestibular migraines, which is a relatively new concept, but we've known about migraines, and mm-hmm. classic migraines come from the French word hemicrine, which means half the head, or half the, I guess, half the face or the mm-hmm. skull, mm-hmm. like the cranium, half of the cranium. <clears throat> and usually there's classic migraines that are like one side, it feels like an ice pick is being stabbed into your eye, yeah. into your orbit. it's like behind and, the eye. But it doesn't always have to be that way. It, it, that's the classic migraine. And it's associated with an aura, you feel it coming on, uh, you may have uh, you know, nausea associated with that. You know, uh, photophobia. Photophobia, Light absolutely. is bothersome. Yeah, this is classic. So there is a thought that sometimes migraines can occur without pain, but that affect a different part of the brain, which is the balance uh, center 
or the vestibular system, which you know has a uh, just the inner ear, which is the it? inner ear, but also has parts of the corresponding parts of the brain, mm-hmm. and it kind of makes sense because why should migraine just be associated with you know pain in the eye? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe something's happened somewhere else in the brain. So it's kind of a new concept. And what it does is it lends itself to some of the traditional therapies that are available for migraine, such as triptans, such as, you know, certain medications that are used for migraines. Um, it is also, I'm considering that diagnosis in a patient, a mysterious patient, and I think you're well familiar with that patient who has episodes of cyclic vomiting. Oh, and yeah. you know she, I, she actually has talked. To, I said, go to a neurologist, find out if you th- they think you might have uh, vestibular migraine, huh. uh, which can affect balance, which then yeah. can affect uh, you know nausea and vomiting. Anyway, you know it's all associated with the, the vagus nerve, and uh, so the uh, the new treatment is these CGRP medications. There's a new a series. I think uh, I've seen ads for them on TV. There's like medications that you don't just take when you get a migraine, but you take them continuously. Yes. And they're injectable, I think, some of them. Um, a lot more injectable. New, New Lipta is one of them. Okay. New Lipta is the name okay. of one of them. And so, uh, now, it's kind... The vast majority of cases of vertigo or dizziness uh, remain... Uh, What's called idiopathic, which we we just don't know why it's happening. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a reach to think that you have a vestibular migraine. Mm-hmm. Uh, to find out about that, you would see an ENT or maybe a mm-hmm. neurologist, because that's where you know he- uh, migraines are treated. Now, Faye has seen ENTs and neurologists, and nobody's diagnosed this with vestibular migraine. It's hard maybe to diagnose. Maybe they just don't know. It's hard to diagnose, oh, okay. and it's hard to diagnose. Yeah. And it's kind of a reach, you know, mm-hmm. and. It might be worth a trial of therapy with some of these medications, okay. but these medications are not innocuous, so the question is risk-benefit. Yeah. Do you want to take a medication that can make you have other side effects hmm. in an effort to deal with your dizziness? But, you know, it's, it's kind of a, I mean, this is kind of a low percentage that it's that, but what you might want to do is, I think that this condition is relatively uncommon. You may want to see a specialist, and there may be very, uh, just a few specialists within the field of neurology mm-hmm. who specialize in vestibular migraines. So you might want to mm-hmm. see some, because an ordinary neurologist may say, yeah, you know, we learned about this, but I'm not sure, you know. But if you see someone who... So a sub-sub-specialty a of sub-specialty, that. Right. An expert migraine. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Faye, we hope you feel better soon. But even wow. not even an expert in migraine, but an expert in vestibular, vestibular migraine. migraine. You know, find the people who've written the papers on that. See if you can get an appointment with them. They usually are, you know, hotsy totsy academic institutions. Yeah. You know, like whatever. You know, at UPenn or at you know Harvard mm-hmm. or at Cleveland Clinic or at um, Johns Hopkins or Mayo or you know places like yeah. that. Columbia. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We have a question from Janet. Do you have any views on high fibrinogen? Mm-hmm. What do you consider high? Is 440 high? It's not that high. In but it's, at, it's mm-hmm. at or near the cutoff. I think the cutoff may be like high, high 400s or 500. Uh, so what fibrinogen is, it, it actually has a little bit the connotation of fiber. It's like something that sends out tendrils when the platelets stick together. Yeah. And they sort of form like a spider network 
that creates a blood clot. So fibrinogen generates fibrin. Yeah. Anything that's a gen is what generates something. Mm -hmm. It generates fibrin. Fibrin holds the platelets together to create a blood clot, mm. which is necessary to staunch bleeding. Sure. And if you have a high fibrinogen, you might be a little more prone to blood clots. So typically, you'd prescribe a you know blood thinner like aspirin, but mm -hmm. it's not great for people to just take aspirin. Uh, they actually yeah. are, are pushing back against the recommendation for people to take aspirin unless they've had a very specific reason, like a heart attack or something, yeah. uh, blood clots in their legs or something. Um, there's also um, enzymes. Enzymes. Natokinase. Natokinase. Yes. Can be helpful. Natokinase is, is a specific against uh, high fibrinogen, but okay. you could also take other, some of the other things that are antiplatelet, like fish oil. Can, yeah. 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 Potentially that ginger. Could be helpful that ginger. Way. Ginger. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Ginger okay. is. You know, not high risk to make you bleed or bruise, mm -hmm. but it can have a little bit of an anti-platelet effect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. Some enzymes, some maybe some ginger. There you go, Janet. All right. We've got an email here from Karen. I will be having carpal tunnel surgery this fall on my dominant hands. Mm -hmm. And I want to prepare a bunch of food that I can easily eat with one hand, meaning I won't be able to cut or anything. I thought I'd prepare soups and a meal that can have bite-sized pieces that make the most sense. Any other ideas on what food I could prepare ahead of time or anything else well, I should consider or do as surgery approaches? Well, I don't think, uh, I wouldn't overthink it because I'm thinking that the recuperation time is not, is long. not that long. It's not long. And, you know, I think there's a heck of a lot I could learn to do with one hand if I were forced to. Right. You know. True. So I, I'm pretty sure that if I tied my hand, here, what she try this? Tie your hand behind your back or something, or like you know, put a big mitt on one hand. Yeah. Start practicing eating with the other hand. There you go. You know, that's just, a great idea. Just because it may not be that bad. You know. Yeah. So. Right? So instead of a steak, make make some meatloaf because you could use your fork. Right. To I cut get, that into I get pieces food with the preparation. You know, if you live alone and you're, you have sure. to prepare the food. So prepare portions ahead of time. Put them in the freezer. Put them in the freezer. Yeah. Take them out to defrost. Yeah. And then, you, you know, heal. you may not want to have like a, like a, you know, a tough ribeye steak. Right. You know, unless you, I, I guess you could get like a, some like small electric saw You don't want lobster like in a shell, you, you know. like an electric knife or something Yay. to cut your steak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean. And, and, and if it's, if you find it uh, uh, abnormal uh, to be eating with your non-dominant hand, bringing your fork up to your face or whatever. Mm -hmm. Nothing says you can't eat with your fingers. Right. Big deal. Right. Just eat nobody, with your fingers. Right. But here's the other thing. It'd be interesting to see hmm. if this could be like the new Ozempic. It's like eat with your non-dominant hand. You might eat 20% uh, less calories true. and lose scads of weight. They did maybe another... Should, maybe you should try that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> there's another, there's another uh, thing that they did. They put a blindfold on Yeah. and they had people eat. And the people eating with blindfolds they were able to, they were able to stop eating. They were full before they even made right. a dent in what yeah. was on their plate. Because I, we eat with our eyes. I find that one thing in a Chinese restaurant that slows me down, I can always ask for a fork, mm. but I always like to use the chopsticks, which I'm kind of, you know, I'm okay with chopsticks, but I like not chopsticks. great. But it slows you down. It does. Because they, I had uh, one thing that had some rice, and, you know, I don't eat much carbs, but in, yeah. Yeah, in a Japanese restaurant, you want I'm going to eat some. You know, I had I had sashimi, but there was some 
some rice. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah, a kind yeah. of sticky yeah. rice. Uh huh. It was very good. Uh huh. And I was I was trying to balance it on my chopsticks, and it kept falling down between because it it was sticky, but it wasn't that sticky. And I noticed that by the time I got halfway through the rice, it was like, okay, I'm tired of this. <laughs> you were done. Yeah, right. You were done. So uh, it, as to healing, you know, we want to yeah. use things like Wobenzyme uh, mm-hmm. to reduce swelling and inflammation. Um, you know. Wobenzyme, it could be bromelain. Bromelain. Yeah, if, Wobenzyme, if not- Wobenzyme uh, many of the Wobenzyme's contain a proteolytic enzyme along with bromelain. True. Actually, that's an ingredient. Yeah. So those are some of the things that can help with healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not such a huge surgery where it's you not. go into negative nitrogen balance. You right. Know, like major abdominal surgery like a Whipple procedure or something oh where they're goodness. taking out parts of five different organs. You know, yeah. Then you've got to really worry about nutritional support because yeah. people can't eat and they waste away and blah, blah, blah. You know, so I would say I I would not go overboard mm-hmm. on uh, additional supplementation for healing. Just you know, take yeah. the usual stuff. Take the usual stuff and rest up. There you go, Karen. Best of luck on that surgery. Okay. And by the way, B6 can, in some cases, obviate oh, yeah. the need. Uh, weight loss can obviate the need because there's pressure on the carpal tunnel when you're having carrying extra weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, certainly, you know, water retention. Mm-hmm. Is part of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're gonna right. we're gonna go to part two because we divide our podcast into two parts, and so Layla, give us a preview of what we're gonna tackle in part two. I have a friend who's recommending a homeopathic flu defense protocol. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this? Okay, we'll talk about homeopathic uh, flu prevention. I think I know what they're talking about. Uh, our uh, email is questions at drhoffman.net. You can send questions to that email, or you can call us anytime you like, 877-726-8255, and you can record a question if you so choose. Um, and that question we'll use for our, one of our live radio programs. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman with Layla Mutin, because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and we'll be right back.